Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining us. As always, really do appreciate you listening, liking, sharing, subscribing, and all the wonderful things that you do for us to try and help this podcast get into the ears of as many people in Australia and around the world as possibly can. Uh, thank you for your response to our giveaway. Um, that's been very exciting to see. Uh, the sharing of the information, uh, the subscribing to the YouTube channel, and uh, a few comments. It's been really nice. And thank you for your support. We've got another week of that to go. I think uh, we'll confirm with the uh, competition master. That's Magic Mike Carita, who's sitting on the other end of this uh, line waiting to come on. Let's get those guys in. And a special guest this week, all the way from uh, the Asian tour. Yes, that's right. A special guest from the Asian tour. We'll reveal who that is in a second. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the other side. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? Uh, firstly, we'll go to uh, the man that's up there in where all the action is, and that's in Brisbane. It's uh, Rocket. We've we've caught up with Rocket off air, and pleasingly, um, we know that Rocket and his family are all fine and and dry. But many of the people around Rocket aren't. It's quite tough to see that on the news. Um, you know, Queensland, um, our friends in Ballina, you know, the old salt, Salty crew are in Ballina. Caught up with uh, old Salty uh, the other day. Once again, he's fine, fortunately, but telling me stories about all his surfing mates out in the jet skis heading out to Lismore and then up to Mullumbimby, you know, rescuing people off, off roofs and stuff like that. So uh, if you are affected up there in uh, northern New South Wales and Queensland by the floods, our thoughts are with you. Um, you know, there's not much we can do from here, but other than give you those thoughts uh, and hope that you're safe, hope that uh, the recovery that you go through is a swift one and uh, and as painless as possible, uh, albeit it will be very painful for you and your families that have been affected. But we are thinking of you, Rocket. I'm glad that you are okay. You know, so on a on a on an uplifting note, well, it's only time that we can do one thing. Uh, that music always brings a smile to anyone's face, as does Rocket's T-shirt that he. <laughs> this is this is uh, the beauty of the community uh, of uh, the My Love Golf community, uh, reaching out to each other and supporting each other. Now, as you know, uh, before I talk to the guys, you can hear him chuckling in the background. Uh, if you're watching it on the YouTube channel, you would have would have already have cottoned onto the the um, the humour or the um, yeah whatever the laugh. Uh, the good community that exists, uh, and in this case, Matt Mollica, who you've heard us refer to many times, uh, Rocket still is the reigning champion of the Rollback Alliance uh, Golf Day at Kingston Heath. Looking forward to defending this year. Uh, Mr. Mollica was quite taken by and um, taken aback by Rocket's blocking by Phil Mickelson and sent him a present. And uh, Rocket stood up there, stand up again and, and show the other boys. Uh, so what we've got there is uh, um, Phil Mickelson's Twitter handle and uh, saying that uh, Phil Mickelson has uh, blocked you. So rock. <laughs> yep. So this is so Matt. Matt knows how much I love love uh, Lefty, and uh, when I found out that Phil had Phil had blocked me, and this is the actual screenshot that I'd I'd posted. Matt's uh, taken it, and uh, the beautiful man made a T-shirt for me in celebration of it. So the. <laughs> 
the efforts of Rocket being blocked by Phil Mickelson, one of his heroes, as you just said, um, is immortalized in the T-shirt. The beauty, the beauty of the internet yeah. that you can get anything printed on a T-shirt, have it dispatched to someone in Brisbane within 24 hours and immortalize a moment. So uh, Matt Mollica, uh, once again, hats off and shout out and thank you to you. And uh, Alan Shipnuck and Jeff Shackelford absolutely lost it when they saw that they like, I think they've messaged him and go, can we get one? Ah, uh, we should we should be in the merch business. Uh, our guest that I'm we're about to bring on uh, is in the merch business for his own podcast and uh, online ventures. We haven't really followed. We we give too much away. Our stickers is about as far as we've gotten. The occasional T-shirt or maybe a hoodie. Um, yeah, maybe the merch business might have to wait for a bit longer. But that might be the lead item: the rocket I've been blocked T-shirt. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Magic Mike, it was good to see you on Monday night for special special projects. Uh, how are you? Excellent. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was great. It was great coming into Drummond and having a hit on the um, sim. Hadn't used it before. I was, uh, it, I was very, very bad at putting on it, but other than that, it was good. Now, we've been working on little Skunk Works uh, special projects. Do you want to enlighten the uh, uh, Rocket Man what we're working on in his absence? He can't, because obviously he can't join us. He's in Brisbane. Um, it's, a tri- it's a trial, it's testing. A trial, yeah. There's something coming that we're working through. I'll take Rocket through it off air. It's oh. a secret squirrel projects at the moment. Mm, okay. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be available in another week or so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well actually, no, it doesn't matter. It won't, won't, won't translate. But I don't have the memory card that we recorded everything on um, because it's with Flanagan Jr. who rang me on the way home saying, oh, I need a camera and a memory card. So I had to hand off the camera and the memory card to him. Um, anyway, we recorded something. Uh, a special guest all the way from Thailand, where this week's, uh, he'll tell us exactly what it is, the Asian tour event that's in uh, at Hua Hin at Black Mountain uh, this week, is uh, Blakey. You know him as uh, Golf Rules Questions. I know him as Blakey, uh, David Blake, the guru of the Golf Rules. How are you, Blakey? Uh, yeah, good, Roscoe. Um, coming to you from Hua Hin, Thailand. Or I'm up here for the International Series Thailand. That's the official name. Uh, so you've been recalled to the uh, rules aficionado team up there. You must have performed admirably well at the Saudi International where we last, well, I, I caught up with you and we played the interview, but you got recalled. So back promoted. What, what's the story? How does that work? Yeah, so the Asian Tour are looking to diversify. What does that mean? So there's an international diverse set of uh, rules offici- uh, officials from around the Asian regions. Is that what happens? So the, the different... Um, golf bodies provide different referees and Australia being a supporter of the Asian tour through its players and uh, the experience that we have down here with our association, does that mean that you get picked up and sent up there or what? what's the, the construct? Obviously, I've been working on my trade for a fair while now and um, just really love running golf tournaments and getting involved in the, in the rules. So, uh, yeah, I've been working with the Asian tour. This is my second event, but second event this year. But, you know, I know a lot of the guys from working with them previously, um, we're, be it the Fiji International um, that was co-sanctioned at one stage, um, some of the other bigger tournaments um, that I've been at. And, yeah, it's basically just uh, relationship, um, you know, relationships that I've had with them and they're looking to get younger people into the, as you do in most um, businesses, you know, keep the, the new crop coming through. But with the Asian Tour going international, um, through the backing of the PIF, uh, yeah, it, uh, it helps to have people from many walks of life. It's quite funny. I am the native English speaker, uh, but I wouldn't say I was the best at English. I would just say that I am the only one 
that uh, only knows English and has no other language skills. Was that uni unilingual? So um, everyone else seems to speak two or three languages up here, which is which is great to see. Who's the most experienced referee that's on the uh, team up there? Uh, yeah, so our, our tournament director slash uh, he's, he's passed the reins over this week to to one of his underlings uh, as the chief referee, but uh, the most experienced is Jidisak Tempasak, and uh, he was the chief ref at uh, the Saudi. And going forward, he'll most likely be chief ref at most of the um, international series events. You know, he's he's worked at the Masters, worked at Opens around the world, and been on the Asian Tour for for a fair while. So knows all the players and has that kind of relationship, which is really important. You know, it really counts for a lot when you you know the players and they trust you and they are happy with how you work. Have you got to know? any better any of the players that are you know more asian based asian tour players you know you know you know the australian guys pretty well or most of them you've had some interaction with them through your work at the wgc or at wentworth or on the australian tour events have you you know got to know some of the asian tour players or asian based tour players um better yeah i mean yeah exactly right the australian players probably know them better through vic open and tps events than um than, than wentworth but um the asian based players i haven't got to know them as such, but, uh, you know, when we walk past them, when we're driving past them, always say hello. And, um, you know, as you, the more events you do, the more I become just a, uh, a recognizable face, you give a ruling, you put them on the clock. They realize that you're, you're here to here, you know, here for business, um, purposes, but if it's a, it's a smile and a friendly face, they're more likely to recognize that you're just there to help them. The main thing is protect the field. Well, I know your aspirations, but, you know, because we've got the year now, thanks to Rocket being blocked by, you know, the, one of the biggest controversial figures and continues to be a controversial figure in golf and in Phil Mickelson, because uh, he has put Rocket on the map, you know, now our reach goes to people like Alan Shipnuck and, uh, you know, far and wide. If you're pitching for the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour, you know, is that your aspirations? Are we, are we going to see you more in this form sitting here internationally guesting in dropping in some uh, information from various tours or you know we're just going to be sitting back in australia making podcasts and um instagram stuff not just you know what i mean but you know is this what you want to do is this pga tour are we are we going to be at the masters like you know your colleague who you're going to sidle up to and say can you get me to the masters mate yeah i mean that's as you said that's the aspirations if i had my way um i'd love to be on the pga tour um, the European tour, you know, we've, we've been in touch, we've been talking, but it's uh, it's on the other side of the world. And as I get older, I sort of want to stay closer to your parents and closer to your friends and family. Um, whereas the PGA tour is probably just a one flight across the Pacific Ocean. Um, but, you know, at the same time, this is an amazing opportunity for me too, working um, for the Asian tour and their events that they're pitching. And if that combined with working for the Australasian or the PGA Tour of Australasia. Um, I can't count that out because then I get to stay in and around uh, the Australasian region as well, which is, you know, my home. My family is, is here as well. So there's lots to think about. If, uh, if the PGA Tour turned up and said, you know, um, we've, got, we've got a seat at the table for you. Um, now... You know, I definitely think about it, whereas five years ago, I'd say yes, automatically. Now it's, 
it's a it's an ambition but at the same time how does that change the rest of my life so um this is a great opportunity with the asian tour and wherever that money is coming from um you know what we all like to throw you know phil obviously has said some comments to uh the fire pit collective and that's got them in hot water with everyone um but at the same time there's no such thing as bad publicity but you know it, it's easy to just say oh that saudi money is bad and don't take that and blah 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 i i have no i have no um thoughts like that at all really because to me all money is dirty from every country so it doesn't matter who you're dealing with they've all done something bad in the past interesting um so then what's been yeah you're the closest that we've spoken to that's basically been on the ground at you know now a couple of events that are part of the asian tour you know what are the murmurings um you know, over there amongst the your colleagues and amongst the players around the growth of the Asian tour. You know, what are they, what are they saying, seeing, feeling, hearing? What, what, what's, what's the vibe? Yeah, well, we're just trying to run awesome golf tournaments, golf tournaments that people want to come and play at. Um, you know, we're trying to add extra stuff for the players every week so that they, um, you know, they want to turn up. You know. It, the same sort of um, aim, goal, method uh, was something that the Vic Open was trying to build itself on. The, the you know, the, the players championship type thing, the, the, where the players are the focus, where the players are there and we make them as comfortable as possible. That's what the international series is all about, where the players want to come and play uh, for the tour. Uh, so it's just about making the best golf tournaments that we can. Whatever um, happens, wherever that money is coming from, uh, that's we leave that to the, the upper echelons. Um, but at the end of the day, we just want the Asian Tour to be the best uh, that it can be on the resources that it has. So what you're saying is, the players need a place to play and they've got a job to do. So it's being created for them and maintained via the Asian tour. And uh, you've got a job to do. You're happy to go up there. And um, I think uh, the Australian, the PGA tour was a little bit instrumental in helping you get up there. So, which is great. Um, okay. We, you feel free to chime into all of the other uh, chat that we'll have. You know, I'm sure Rocket's got some, some takes on what he's just heard uh, from you and, and magic uh, as well. But um you know, I might lead off by uh, just recounting last week. Um, we recorded on Wednesday night last week. On Friday uh, morning last Friday, I was down at the Royal Melbourne. Uh, where we had played the front nine of um, the West Course, uh, part of the program for the Athena Challenge, which was held over the weekend. So that's a, a unique concept. If you watch that on Foxtel or KO, uh, you know exactly what it is, the skills challenge. We talked about it briefly. So I've got a late-minute opportunity to go down there and play it with Grace Kim and I'd never met Grace before but the interactions I'd had with Grace were basically through the the camera lens you know Blakey you know me and, and you guys know that I've become a, a little bit more interested in photography and you know 
spend a bit of money on a lens and that sort of stuff, which is great. All interesting at the Latrobe event. I took this, the camera down there and the first I ever saw of Grace Kim or got to know of Grace Kim, she walked past and I was, was I was over sitting in the trees in the shade because it was really hot. She saw the camera and me pointing the camera at her and a caddy. And she just looked straight at the camera. She put two thumbs up and waved at the camera. And we were like, I was like 40 meters away, but she saw this big long lens pointing out and she just gave me this wave. And I thought that's, that's a great way to treat someone who she didn't know. And you know, maybe she thought I was a photographer or not. I don't know, but she could see that I wasn't quite ready for her to do that and take that photo. And I put the camera down and put it back up. So I had to have a second go of which she kept watching and did a pose again, once again, from the middle of the fairway with me with the long lens. I thought, wow, that's a pretty uh, intuitive young golfer who knows, you know, what she has to do when the cameras are on her. And I, I my appreciation for her and uh, her um, intuitiveness around that and at such a young age grew at that moment. Now, I didn't know that I was going to be paired with her, but I was on Friday. And so we had uh, nine holes together. I, t- I told her that story at the end and she said, oh, yeah, that's just what I do. Yeah, that's great. I said, fantastic. Keep that up. And then I said, uh, by the way, um, I've got some more important news to tell you. Um, you know, there's a bit of history here with pro-am players. I was about to say, did you explain to her the history of uh, players that do happen to grace themselves with the uh, and touch the vibe of mm. the Roscoe and the I essence w- that it is? I might be getting a bit too big for my boots, but I, 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 did, I did go with it. I wasn't going to. I was just going to wait for it to happen. But I thought, no, no, I'm going to leave with this, and I'll tell her. And she and she just laughed it off. I, I, obviously, like saying, "You, you fool." Um, I said, "But you know, here's the here's the run sheet. Uh, you know, there's 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 proof of concept there." Well, you didn't think that I wasn't jumping out of my skin come Sunday when she made it to the final two with another young golfer that we talked about a long time ago before anyone in Australian golf was talking about Kirsten Rudgley. Well, Grace and Kirsten fought it out to the end. Uh, and they had to go down to like a five putt putt off um, to to determine the two winners. And Grace finished second, unfortunately. But <sighs> you know, it's a, it's a placing amongst the quality field. And uh, anyway, that's a long story, long way of saying that the mojo, the M log mojo, exists. Uh, you four guys, are, uh, three guys, are part of that. Um, uh, but she got the money, didn't she? Grace is um, yeah, because she's prof- still pro- am, so professional and Kirsten's an am. You can accept that as a win. Um, hey, if there were world ranking points. I don't know she, if there was. She's got the biscuits. I, I don't know if there was. I, don't, I didn't look too much, but I just know that I was... Call it the Net Purse Championship. Yeah. Uh, there, there probably wasn't... Uh, there probably wasn't official points on offer because uh, official points, I think, needs to be at least 36 holes of stroke play. Yeah, well, definitely wasn't. Definitely wasn't that. But um, to, the, to the winner, more importantly, uh, more relevant, to the winner, Kirsten Rudgley, Wow, we've said this before. Every time you know Kirsten Rudsley's turned up and we've seen her play, she's just an impressive young female golfer. She will she will go places with the quality of golf that she's capable of. And you know, you remember, boys, uh, when she won the Helen Home in Scotland, and then she won the English Stroke Play or English Amateur Championship, one of the two. So it was, I think, the Helen Holmes, the Scottish Stroke Play, and then the, the English Amateur was a match play final when. There was a weekend where like every Australian won every event and everyone else got spoken about except for her by the official podcast, you know, the, but we talked about it. We caught it because it was in Scotland. It stuck out to me, the hell on home. And we've been following Kirsten Rudd's journey since then. And she is a fantastic young golfer. It doesn't say too much, very quiet. You know, she's still very young, but wow, she can play golf. And uh, it was 
yeah, as disappointed I was for Grace uh, not to carry the MLog mojo through to the first place. As you say, Mike, she got a little bit of first place in the professional ranks. Yeah, whatever. But Kirsten Rudsley, um, congratulations to you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Ports, well done to you. You know, it's an interesting format to have to commentate on. And uh, obviously, you know, the eight on the Saturday, they do eight shots. And they've got a lot. We were talking to Cassie Porter, Jamie Glazier and I um, yesterday. And they were saying, like, they play eight shots and it takes about four hours. And they've got to do these skill challenges between breaks and so it was a bit of an interesting thing for them. But um, anyway, well done to you, Ports, um, for commentating that so well. Um, anyway, just thought it was interesting to um, congratulate Kirsten Rudsley and, and Grace Kim, who I had the pleasure of her company and a fine young young golfer. And best of luck to those guys up at the TPS, up at uh, Bonnie Doon, where it's actually absolutely a slog fest of yeah, pouring rain, unfortunately. I've, um, I've met Grace. Uh, she won the gold medal at the 2018 Youth Olympics in Buenos Aires. Uh, she's great. Like, you could just tell that she was she was going to go somewhere just with her positive attitude. Um, friendly. Yeah. Really nice. Nice young girl. So always, whenever I see her um, playing golf, always hoping the best for her. So, yeah, great, great girl. Well, great ambassador. Um, she had a laugh. Uh, I gave her a laugh on the on the second hole, Mike. I shared this with you the other day. Mike and I are going to have a meeting, uh, another uh, clandestine, no, it's not clandestine, but another meeting on Sunday at uh, Royal Melbourne West Links. Um, Mike uh, joined me on the simulator, and the last time I played Royal Melbourne West was on the simulator. We played the first. Uh, we got to the second. Now, Anyone that knows the comp one of the variations of the composite course knows that the second on the composite is the par five, uh, which plays on the west as the fourth up over the hill, bunkers in the middle. I got to the tee, said, okay, guys, ready golf, I'm ready to go, I'll go. I looked at the bunkers up the uh, fourth hole. I'll remind you, I was playing the second. Um, I thought, they look a bit close. Um, mm, okay, haven't been here for a while. I best just hit it. I hit it straight down the fourth. And Grace Kim looks at me and goes, where are you going? I went, well, she said, the second's down there. I went, oh dear. I said, I'm used to playing this on the simulator. So I hit my ball down the fourth, um, not the second. I felt like an absolute fool. Um, was but anyway. The longest drive hole? Well, it was a tour format. No, it wasn't the longest drive format. There was no long drives, unfortunately. Um, I would have won otherwise. Um, but no, it was a tour format. So we got to choose someone else's dri um, drive and then I knocked it on to the par five and two. Um, yeah. Anyway. Aren't there trees in the way between the T and the? No, no, you can see it. The, 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 admittedly, aren't, like aren't a, you going down seventeen east, seventeenth eh? of well, the east course, straight straight across it, sort of thing. You know, like uh, I didn't even look at, where, at the green, and then I was going. I just looked at the bunkers. And thought, There's something not quite right here, but I've called the playroom ready, so I better hurry up. And I went whack, and it was probably one of the equal stupidest things I've done on the golf course. Um, I don't know what the stupidest is, but anyway, that was equal. Um, anyway, embarrassing. Wow. Oh, wasn't that, you know, like we'll take a picture of it when we when Mike and I are down there on Sunday again uh, for you, Blake, and send it up to you while you're, you know, calling penalties for, you know, breaches of water water crossings or something. Uh, we'll be out playing the West. We'll send you a picture. Oh. Yeah, thank, please do. Is, no, that <laughs> in the, is that in the blind golf championship or? Uh, come on. That's a PC podcast here. Um, Rocket, any anything from you uh, on on the Asian tour? Any questions for Blakey? 
No. Oh, okay. Um, I'm the one. Okay. Without, without notice. Well, none of this is with notice because none of you, knew, none of no you guys, knew that Blakey was joining us. So no. everything's without notice tonight. Yeah. So it's gone to according to script. Yeah. Is it, well, exactly. Um, Blakey, with all these rules, people being from all different parts of the world, are there many variations in the same rules? Like, do you see someone call something and be like, "Ooh, I wouldn't have kind of interpreted something that should be black and white like that," or is it all pretty normal? That's a great, that's a great question, because you might find that in the same city that you live in, that uh, that rules people will have a different interpretation. So, knowing that, knowing that some of the rules are quite subjective, what when you get up to that higher echelon of just more experience and more of these people, you know, a lot of these people are around RNA and USGA rules, uh, personnel a lot more than anyone else. So they'll always be there and they'll, they'll ask the question, what would you do here? What would you do here? So when you get up to the higher, you actually will find that everyone, you know, the, the margin of error, or the margin of difference is very minimal. Yeah. Um, you're more likely to find a higher margin of difference just in your own city. Like, you know, between between um, Mount Deremit and Crimeburn, it's going to be, um, you know, the difference, the subjectiveness of what free relief from a GUR area is um, will be bigger than what you'll find at at tournaments like these. Yeah, right. There you go. Uh, Mike, you might have to just uh, either turn your microphone up or do something with it, turn it on, maybe. That, that usually helps. Um, just to, <laughs> turn just... it on. Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> he's, got, <laughs> he's, got, he's got form. form. Well, I'll, uh, while he's doing that, I'll... Um, so I know what Blakey said about Asian Tour, but if you walk back over the things that I've said over multiples, I never actually... Everyone knows the whole thing about Saudi. Um, my biggest issue, and when I've been pretty clear about this, is one, the shark, and two, probably Phil, and then elements of Bryson and the others when they talk about they're growing the game and all the other subterfuge that they go through. And that's the thing I take biggest, I take bigger issue with because it's just gobbledygook. You know, they're, they're just, they're, and Phil, right? Every, as I said before, I love, everyone knows how much I love Phil. But what he was doing and what he was talking about was complete rubbish. So I, I wear this block t-shirt with pride, knowing that I still maintain my standards of it's, there's true growing the game and there's doing the right thing and there's just, trying to fill your pockets and fill your boots. And that's exactly what he was trying to do. That's really where the main issues are. Talk about the Asian tour. The Asian tour has been underfunded for many, many years. And this, and I think I talked about it last week, the whole issue, a lot of this wouldn't actually exist if the PGA tour had done some of the things they should have done while Tiger was at its peak. Mm -hmm. But I'll leave it at that. Uh, It was interesting. You know, we had a little bit of a ad hoc rant about growing the game, but, not that I listen to many to many other golf course 
golf, not that I'll listen to too many other golf podcasts, if any at all, but there was one that I listened to and I can't remember which one it was, but they had quite a similar take on the growing the game concept and, and it was a little bit of a different take, but they, they talked about that as a, as a concept and how it gets um, used or misused um, just sort of as we did as it came out. So interesting. It's a throwaway line. Yeah. It's, a, it's a throwaway line to just sort of just, it's, it's just a mask, you know, the actual truth. Hmm. And, and when you say, off. when you say growing the game, are you saying growing the game as in getting more people playing or more people watching, uh, watching the game on they TV never, or they going, never say what what do you want what do you think that we that would be good for golf knowing i mean you'd know more about uh u.s american um you know sports so businesses so, yeah so there's two parts to it so growing the game is in two parts and it's the we'll call it the bodies that run the tours and then there's the grassroots underneath so then it's the governing bodies that probably own sort of the amateur part of the game. And when you think about it, amateur part of the game is 90% of it, 95% of it. And that's where most of the people are. And then you've got the top echelon of, of people. And it's two parts. The growing the game always should start at the grassroots. So what are you trying to do to make golf affordable, um, accessible, and, and enjoyable, right? So you do all of those things. How do you bring people along on, on on the journey and encourage that, then that's incumbent on the governing bodies, even down to the local level. It's even incumbent on um, the tours and things like that. You look at what Jeff Ogilvie's doing with the whole um, uh, the, the, the player series. He's mixing in men, women, and and amateurs and juniors, right? So he's, he's creating a little ecosystem that has got so much buzz that there are people coming out or they're bringing, they've got some tournament players coming out free to, free to watch them. So he might, they might inspire one or two people to take it up or, or go a bit further. Then you flip it all the way to the top and then this is the, the tours and this is around how do you make, how do you make it um, watchable for more than just the, the nuts like the fanatics that we all are because golf is not something that you can consume in two hours and it, it can be long and it's over multiple days. And sometimes the what's broadcast and things like that is actually can be quite, can actually be quite painful. Are they showing enough shots or they're just showing lots of just garbage and are we getting to know more about all the insights? And that might appease the, the golf nuts like ourselves. If you're hearing, getting to hear the, the player um, caddy talking about certain shots and things like that. But there's a little bit of the behind the scenes, which is really important to growing the game. And that's why the Netflix, the Netflix, whatever's going to come out of the Netflix side of it, I actually think that's growing the game because it's going to, that series will attract people to golf in a different way. So that's what kind of needs to happen because what, if, if I look at a telecast and a broadcast, it, it's kind of the same. Nothing has really changed in, in 20 something years, except for the definition of what's being broadcast and the, and the length of it. That's, that's about it. 
you know, and it's and you know, I wish you would put more players on the clock. The the, the rounds are too long, you know. The, the rounds should be faster, so that means the tournament can be a little bit more sort of compressed. I, I don't want to see um, Patrick Cantlay wiggling his toes like they're frozen for forty five seconds while he's standing over a putt. Like we could have we could have shown three shots in that time, you know. So those sort of all of those sort of things. That's the Growing the game is how do you go outside of the that band of people which are your core group? How do you go into that next group? Because at the moment you, you're you're running, you're you're extracting everything you can from just this one band. And you found that uh, with Tiger, he went outside, he brought in other groups of people, and so that's and that wasn't used. If, as effectively as it could have been. No. No, if you think about Tiger, right? So all of a sudden, you, if you go back and look at all the money lists for the for the 10 years prior and you think about what the Shark was making when he won the money list in 96 and 94, he won it in 95 as well. But you see that money and then you see like the five years post-Tiger and it was just, it was crazy, right? So all of a sudden you've got he was always going to play like a, a small window of events and it was just like everyone saw the ratings and everything that went with that and the money came with it, right? The, the money just followed. It was like just as Tiger played or it's like you're trying to get him to events and it followed. And and I and I feel like the, the PGA Tour, they wasted an opportunity to capitalize on a once-in-a-generation talent and person that brought people in the gates that would never normally watch golf. Like people that legitimately were wanted to go see this person who was just, is out of this world, right? Because so, some of the things that he would do on the golf course were literally out of this world. And they had like this 10-year window and they could have leveraged that to go, right, how do we invest in these other areas and, and create a different ecosystem we talked about it the other week they could have created a, a even if they took half of the idea of the sharks world tour and gone into these different regions and played it outside of here's my us window because one of the things that a lot of the pros complain about now is they don't want to play that many events they don't want to play for 52 weeks of the year so how do you create these little almost like little series and if that, someone doesn't want to play in the summer series, so to speak, that might be running through Asia and, and Australia, then don't play. But you're going to get a lot of these other ones that might have been from Europe and stuff like that because the events, the money could be good. The, the, the events might carry some other weight because it could be winning this gets you into the Masters and all these other things. So there's if you have enough things attached to it, then all of a sudden you have these bigger events in these different courses, which also then on TV get different time zones. So all of a sudden a different set of people are watching it because in the US, if you're just going Saturday, Sunday, and especially through the summer, you're right up against the NFL. And the boys on this on this call know how much golf I watch from September through to January. And it's sweet. It's five-eighths of sweet FA because I'm an NFL nut. And NFL is the biggest sport in America, that you're not going to get eyeballs on a weekend. So how do you do things differently? How do you get different areas and different time zones? Like imagine playing through Japan and Australia, some of these courses. Like the President's Cup, like that rated its absolute balls off over in the US because of the time zone it was in. Right? These, 
they could have done something. They could have had their PGA Tour world domination, but and and worked with all these other tours and created a really amazing ecosystem off the back of Tiger. If they got Tiger to play in some of these different events, because he ended up playing in them, how many? He, he played what Dun, Dunlop Phoenix in Japan four times. I think he won it three. You know, he's played in Australia. He would have probably played more times in Australia if they had some sort of tour event like that. But, but it was wasted. And I call it, maybe it's not just the PGA Tour, but is it was it incumbent on all the other tours to have worked together to, to create something bigger, like more of the co-sanctioned stuff? Like it frustrates me that the Australian Open doesn't actually, the only thing it gives you now is a start in the in the in the open you used to be able to win the order of merit even in on the australian tour and, and get a start in the masters it doesn't even get you a coke and a coke and a, a sausage mcmuffin down in the goldie i saw that uh they added the u.s open start to the money leader the other day oh See? Yeah, yeah, that was. That but was you think you think about you think if you, you add all these other tours together, all of a sudden, yeah, the the PGA tour still becomes the, probably the most dominant. But the thing is, though, they now have more. Here's the other thing: they could have generated more revenue, more eyeballs, because they're tapping into these other countries and they get different sponsors into all these other ones. But it's so it's so centric. They still could have maintained this. We'll call it their majority of their tour, but it used to only be like 40 events for the whole year. Now they're running 52 weeks of the year with, so with, with um, um, opposite field events. It's insanity. Now that they're working with the DP World Tour, do you think they can still do it or do you think they've lost it because they haven't got uh, that big draw card like Tiger? Oh, it's going to be harder. Like them working with the European Tour is more of, it's been driven out of necessity, out of a necessity to protect whatever they're doing, not an actual need to grow the game. It's, it's, it's still a. I still feel it's a knee-jerk reaction to what is happening with, um, um, with the public investment fund and and the Asian tour. Because I mean, if the, if you asked anyone on the PGA tour if they'd done enough, if they were happy with where they were or where they are. I'd, I'm sure they'd say they they are because oh, of course uh, they are because they they they, yeah. they can they can be ranked. They could have done more. Well, the thing is though, here's the thing: is that the PGA Tour is still a player-run league, right? There is a reason a lot of the courses are set up the way they are. You know, Boston Golf Club had a centerline bunker filled in because Justin Thomas didn't like it because he had to play around it. Like, what what does that tell you? You know, why the, why the greens? the way they are what why courses set up the way are the way they are well you know when you see someone like tiger get his hands on on what used to be the la open um and, and he he gets his control on how he wants the course set up firm and fast we've got to see a great tournament off the back of that everyone wants to see more of that but a lot of those pros don't want that of the the interview from rory when he talks about the tail end of the year when the courses are set up pretty much the same every week. He goes, oh, it's really good because it's a bit of a grind and I don't have to really think too much. All right. So, so it's a – and here's the thing. The players are just doing what they do. They're looking after their, all their own crew. They're making sure they've got a good living. Um, you know, you can be a hundredth on, on, on tour and, and keep your card and 
make good bank. I'm not begrudging them that. They can still make good bank if they want. But the thing is, as a collective, and we'll call it trying to do the right thing for the game and growing the game. And if the PGA Tour wants to have, if they really want to talk about they're trying to grow the game, they've got to do other things besides the people that just turn up at tournaments. And they missed the window. They did. They missed the window. And they've lost. And with that, they lost control of the tour because as more money came and it made it easier, then there's more voices, etc., and more empowerment. So it's it's like you see in, in business, you know, when things go well for certain businesses, you know, they, they sit back and they and they have this opportunity, you know, this growth. Kodak. Yeah, growth through Nokia. things that are outside their IBM direct doing, they sit back and go, wow, you know, we're all great. Um, this is, this is as a result of our hard work. And then, it, and then when it's gone, pizza hut, it's gone. And, and they go, well, what happened there? Um, and that's sort of how I see what happened in that tiger era and coming out of that. I'm not probably qualified, but you know, rocket, you know, you would pretty more director at it. And, but that's probably what happened. Um, you know, they had this great thing and, probably too many people sat around saying we're doing a great job here. So let's just take advantage of what we got, but they weren't really doing anything different. It was all tiger. Um, speaking of tiger, well, Mike, what's the tips for, um, this weekend? Oh, diving into the data lake. Giddy up. Actually, before, uh, you, oh, sorry. Mike, before, before you chat, hey, are man. you doing, are you doing tips for the, um, Thailand series as well? Are you just going to, um, I can, I, I've, uh, Palmy. We can go do, anywhere you like. Do you want to do the tips now? Or do you want to talk about last week's event? Oh, it's up to you. We'll All start. Right. We'll talk about last week's event. All right. Last week's event was the Honda. It's the first uh, one. That, first one that I bombed out on. I'm a bit mortified. But... Oh, sorry. The tips from last week. Yeah, the tips from last week. Yeah, you guys didn't make a Zach. So you both picked two players. A player each did not make the cut. Uh, the winner for the week was P Mackier, Daniel Berger, who vomited all over himself on Sunday and gave up a five shot lead. I think it was five shots. Uh, yeah, it was it was tough watch. Uh, but yeah, P Mac 2022 had him, so he was the winner for the week. I'm assuming it's a he could be a she. I think it's Paul McLean. Uh, good day to Paul McLean, uh, one of the key men at Bushnell globally. Ah, it is. So Great Paul brand. was a winner. Yeah. He's a winner. Uh, for the week, uh, I I had the at uh, Keith Mitchell at a solid ninth. He could not get through uh, fifteen through seventeen without rinsing at least two balls of golf uh, of golf balls per day. So he was never going to win. Uh, but at least it got me some money, which is good. Uh, the winner for the event was um, Sepp Stracker. So Sepp Stracker was uh, probably the one who looked bulletproof down the stretch. After Berger uh, was just playing horrendous golf, Shane Lowry looked was in it for a very, very long way. It looked like for a bit there it might be a four-man playoff. And uh, Sepp Stracker teed off on 18, and as soon as his ball hit the middle of the fairway, a long way down, the clouds opened up. Uh, he hit into 18 and was happy enough to have an easy two-part birdie, and everyone else behind him had to play in torrential rain, which was or, good. Or, or stand there. And try and waste time and Kurt, hope to, to hope be, that the to, rain would disappear, and to then be, fair, be basically he, told by oh, the uh, official, was, "You better get your skates on, Coco." Well, there was one point where that, that's Kurt Kitayama. There was one point there where there was a massive, um, you know, thunder like that came out, like and he like jumped, and and he mouthed 
because I didn't have the audio on him, a very obscene word. So I think he was just under the assumption they're going to call this. There's no way we're going to keep playing. But with the way the daylight is at this time of year in Florida, I think they thought, well, we've got about one guy back on the tee and then there's you that needs to hit into 18 and this is going to take half an hour and we need to get it done. Otherwise, we're all coming back tomorrow. Just keep your club head low on the follow-through and you won't get struck. That's interesting if there was thunder because if there's thunder, there's basically lightning. Yeah. Um, I'm not a meteorologist, but uh, so <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but if there's thunder and there's most likely lightning, and if there's lightning, yeah, the player can walk in. I saw oh, really? lightning. Yeah. The rule 5.7, if you see lightning, you can walk in. Yeah, right. I was shocked. I was absolutely, was as even just looking at the rain, I was shocked that they were still playing. So, you know, rain, rain doesn't, uh, doesn't mean there's a suspension of play unless it uh, makes the green so wet that you you can't putt. But if you see lightning, there's a danger. Um, You can just walk in, you can say, no, I'm I'm not going back out. And, And, you know, they'll have, uh, we have it here. We have weather cockpit or um, Ubi Met um, tells you that when there's a buzz and there's a few lightning strikes. There was a fair few in Melbourne about three weeks ago. I think there was 150,000 within a minute, so or half an hour, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, so he, he if he heard thunder, he could have um, yeah he could have easily... helped himself out. Well, hey, we actually need to call the Trevino rule then. The Trevino rule. What's, Would that be called uh, the Trevino rule? I, I haven't heard that one. Well, Trevino got hit by lightning. I, I thought you were going to say because he? he was the one who said if yeah, you no, ever no, want to be... Lee Trevino legitimately got hit by lightning on a golf course. I know I Ret- Retief Goosen Retief got done Goosen, twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Retief, the Retief Goosen's been hit. I didn't know about Lee Trevino. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say because his famous saying was if you want to be safe, Hold up a one iron because not no, even no, God said, can hit a one no, iron. He said, no, yeah, not even God can hit one iron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so that's, I didn't see that, but uh, yeah, just from a rules point of view. Yeah, wow. No, well, well, he hit a good enough yeah. shot in. He got away with it. But yeah, um, Lowry uh, claimed that it was he was robbed post tournament because he said he couldn't oh, yeah, take yeah. the same line. So, um, talking this, about, sorry, can I just ask a question? Talking about golf balls being wrenched over that stretch. Were you surprised how many golf balls were put into the water by these guys? Just short of 300 for the week. <laughs> yes. But it just seemed to be that every group was just hitting a golf ball in the water. Like Some of the shots they hit, like, look, don't get me wrong, they're a little bit better than I am. But just on and on, either they're not judging the wind or they're just getting bad advice or they can't feel it on the tee and they're hitting these balls out, you know, five, ten metres over the water and trying to peel them back in. And they're just not going anywhere. They're just, and they're not just missing. They're like, you know, way out into, out into the lake. But what part of Pro Pro School One Hundred and One, you know, says hit a big ropey draw at twenty meters over the water yeah. and bring it back to? Um, and it's funny because like the, the 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 some of the pins that they had were in positions where you couldn't go for them. So like, say front, front, front. You couldn't like it's not like you're going to be trying to land something just short of it. Like you had to go past it, so it was like it was almost a safer to not get a ball in the water. But yeah, no one was taking that advice. Uh, this week we're at uh, Bay Hill, so it's Arnold Palmer. So you've got you boys have got your tips ready to go. I'm assuming Ross oh. has not looked at it at all. 
Uh, no, I have. I'm, I'm in. Um, really? I had to, I had to look uh, up earlier on who I did tip because I did it a couple of days ago. Um, ah. So I'm done. Uh, Who'd you go with it uh, at Bay Hill? Arnold Palmer. Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. The COVID kid. Mm-hmm. I've taken the other COVID kid. I've got Willie Z. Willie Z this week at Arnold Palmer. Okay. Rocket's figuring it out now. Actually, I think I've got Matt Fitzpatrick too. Oh, he's let Rocket down in the, in. Uh... No, no, I've got Tommy Fleetwood. Really? Yeah, Tommy boy. Uh, yeah. Mike Mike Starter Lake probably probably would suggest otherwise. Is that right, Mike? Uh, I'm scrolling down to find Tommy. Uh, no, sorry, Tommy won't be in the Data Lake because I'm pulling the PGA Tour data and he hasn't played enough events. He did play well, pretty well the other week though, didn't he? Yeah, just, he like, uh, just like just um, like Ross hitting on the second tee. I just, I just, no, I go I go blind with my tips. <laughs> Genuine mistake. Well, he finished tenth two weeks ago. No, no, sorry, he missed the cut. Did he? Miss- but he played. He played all right in Saudi, I think, didn't he? I'm sure he played well not long ago. I'm sure. He did. Yeah, I was there. I, I should know. <laughs> uh, I, I probably don't, but I should. So Tommy Fleetwood for uh, Blakey. We've got Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitz Fitz Magic Fitzpatrick for me. Uh, who have you got? Um, Willie Z. Willie Zalatoris. Yep. Jeez. Rocket's deciding. Do you need more time, Rocket? Because we can ask Ross for who he picked at uh, Puerto Rico. Actually, yes. let's go. Let's go, Rory Mac. Rory McElroy, lock him in. And for Puerto Rico, so we got the dual events this week. Oh, oh, don't we? Rory, Rory Mac, previous winner. Is that right? Previous winner at Bay, uh, Bay Hill. Yeah, he, I think he does because he's got one of those red cardigans, doesn't he? Yes. Well, that's, that's, every, that's, every, that's every third week for Rory. It's as almost uh, <laughs> guaranteed as Adam Scott's brown cardigan. It's his smoking jacket. <laughs> he did. He has won it. He won it 2018, I think. Oh, that's what my thing says, but it could be a little bit wrong. It's magic. He was sent two weeks ago. Fitzmagic was runner-up last year or the year before. Was he? Was he not? He's been he... in the top ten a few times. Data Lake says he has not played here. So, what's, not sure. What's Will Zalatoris done lately that you'd pick him? Yipped, yip putt. Sitting it good. He did. No. Um. So, but good question, Blakey. So, uh, effectively, what I do is just a very short version. Is I, I normally pick six top stats that I want for the week and then pull that data in. So. This week, I'm looking at ball striking, strokes gain approach, strokes gain off the tee, bogey avoidance, because I don't want like someone, it's going to need to be someone who's playing pretty tight. But the two key, key stats for this course uh, strokes gain approach from 200 yards to 25. So when you actually chart this golf course, there's a great website if anyone's remotely interested in any of this stuff called Data Golf. They chart um, the average amount of times players hit from a point X into a green. And on this course, from 200 to 225, they're hitting twice as many times than any other or the average of any other course on tour for the year. So it's a pretty um, – and it's pivotal for this week. And the other ones, I'm looking at par fives over 550 yards because the par fives are all monsters. So when I get all of that percentage out, which ones I weight the biggest of those stats or what do I like the most, at, which ones do I want to say the heaviest of those stats, and then rank the players all down. Willie comes up number two. Number one's Hideki, but Hideki I had picked already, so I can't have Hideki. Uh, so I picked Will Zalatoris. He's only been here once. It was last year, and he finished 10th. So that that was it. Oh, and he's form in, because he had COVID as well. He finished second at Farmers, 26 at Genesis, and then he had the week off last week. Gotcha. So there's a rhyme to the reason, but 
Any oh, fo- you know, any any form no on the, on Puerto Rico? We will I've, find out. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Oh, I've I've picked someone. I picked Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Oh, yes. I'm not gonna say his name. Um, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Yeah. Uh, RCB is what I normally call him because it makes it a lot easier. Um, I do have his I form. Love, I love what, looking at the field for the Puerto Rico. It's all the. <laughs> All the guys of yesteryear, it's yep. like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy in 2007. Yeah, Hensby does normally get a run here and there. Bads is playing, of course. Scott Gacheski, he's the sort of bloke you're talking about, that 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 20 years ago guy. Uh, RCB finished 10th um, in his last start here, but that was about six years ago, and he has not had a start in the last uh, five, six weeks on the PJ Tour. So that's uh, his number. I've will be fresh. That's it. He will be fresh. I I'll help you out, Rocket, because you can take the bloke that I've changed off. I actually had Scott Brown, uh, Palmetto's own, uh, but I've switched just tonight to Kurt Kitayama, the man who um, was in the middle of the fairway, waiting and waiting and waiting. I I, I had him down. Yeah, well, he's he's only been here once. It was about five years ago. He finished seventeenth. He finished third at the Honda, and he's played on that Euro Tour for a long time. So he's used to being able to just jump on planes, turn up in a new city, and go from there and hop around. So I just feel like he could and be. And he's fine for the last last month or so. It hasn't been too bad either. No, nah, no, nah, it's fine. Um, the other ones that look all right: um, Homeless Hubbard. He's been playing good golf last week. Um, Garriga, Lashley, Kelly Craft, Martin Trainer. They're just absolutely no one would know who any of those people are, but they all actually rate reasonably well. Where yeah, I guess it hits it quite long, doesn't it? I haven't got his stats on. I didn't bother pulling out the stats for this. I literally just pulled up how have they gone here historically and how have they gone in the last six weeks on tour. Where's I think, I, I, think I went with Sun King. Sorry, Roscoe. No, I was just going to say, where's Smotherman playing? Smotherman is playing here. It's Puerto Rico, I thought so. Yeah, he is. My boy. Smotherman. Keep an eye on him. He's uh he can play golf. Him the he's the one you want to watch, as well as uh Bryson's caddy's new man, Svensson. He's gonna he'll win a tournament soon. So the S's Smotherman and Svensson sounds That's like it. A, it sounds like a European lawyer's firm, but uh <laughs> okay. Uh all right. Brockett, have you picked anyone for uh Puerto Rico? Why are they playing in Puerto Rico and why is it, why have they got a double double header? Because one's a elevated status event, and they've just got this other one, which I don't again remember what I talked about mm. twenty minutes ago. Yep, they example, basically just have the second a. one. So one's twelve million dollar uh, prize purse, and one's about three million dollar prize purse. Uh, being Puerto Rico, correct? Like it's three seven at Puerto Rico and twelve at Arnold Palmer. Mm. Twelve is bananas. Mm. Absolutely bananas. Well, I think uh, the, the opposite field events used to get you basically the, I don't know about the Puerto Rico one, but some of the opposite field ones, they remove the, the masters remove them as qualifiers. Yeah. But you still would get the um, two-year exemption. Yep. Um, but the big one for everyone to start paying attention and doing their homework, I'll give you a week's notice. Next week's the players. And the players' prize pool is $20 million. <laughs> Just in case you had nothing else to do, here's twenty million dollars we're going to give away in prize money. So, well, is, that the, is that the biggest in golf? It is now, one, yeah. One tournament. 
Well, the, the, the Masters is 11 and a half. The PGA is 12. The players is 20. US Open, what's that, 15? Uh, US Open's 12 and a half. And Open Championships, 11 and a half. So it's literally, you know, 75% more. The fifth major. <laughs> yeah, I was That's just going to say, is it too early to wind up the fifth major chat? Um, let's, Actually, uh, it's, it's more like the fourth major. The PGA doesn't count. Oh, there we go. Hello. Don't touch um, Jason Day. Uh, speaking of giveaway giveaway things, um, yes, yeah, that's the biggest giveaway in prize money. Well, next week sees the culmination of the biggest giveaway in the history of the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, that's what we're giving away. Uh, this uh, Phil's Phil's driver, Phil's old driver. We're giving it away because um, he's having a break from Callaway at the moment, so we're giving away his driver. Um, does it have an automatic blocking system? <laughs> uh, well, it does because it's a right-handed, not a left-hander, so it's a replica. Uh, put it this way: it's a replica of Phil's old driver. Um, so thank you to everyone who has entered. Uh, Captain Caridi is keeping score of all of the entries. Yep. Uh, thank you to uh, Dan Mords, the golfing tattooist, who gets an extra entry for his donation, a um, very generous donation, to uh, Lifeline. He gets three extra entries, I three, decided. Three extra entries for a donation to Lifeline, qualified yep. by um, sending me the picture of the letter that Lifeline sends you when they thank you for your donation. Um, 131114. Lifeline do a great job of helping people in need. And uh, Dan, thank you for your donation. Uh, extra points this week. And a lot of people did come across to the YouTube to watch us. Uh, they listened to us and then they put themselves through the glory or pain, whichever way they see it, of watching us. Uh, a lot of comments. Um, and someone got some, some got some extra comments for telling us what driver it was. So, yes, it's in a, a Callaway Epic, but there are three models. Um, some people have told us what they think the driver is. Some are right. Some are wrong. Um, extra points on offer this week if you get this far and you watch you what what grip, what grips on the on the driver. Tell us what grip it is. Um, I'm holding it up now in the picture, so if you do tune across, so you can see the grip. Uh, tell us what grip it is, because um, it's not the standard grip. Can hold it. Can you hold it up to the camera? Just the little that word that that people want to get. Well, something they, they, they something might, like it's like related to a farm have, animal. They might have to look at the grip. You know, you can yeah, but I wouldn't know that. I mean, I play. Well, you should. You're a, you know, that's if you know your golf equipment, you know it's not your standard grip. There you go. No, but I wouldn't know the company. Farm animal related. Yeah. Cryptic crossword. Is it? People, is have, it? To, people have to do the, 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 the research. Don't give it away, Blakey. Um, is it so, rubber? Is that is that what you're looking for? The answer is rubber oh. grip. <laughs> No, that's not related to an animal. Um, there could be a couple of things that might be related to an animal. Anyway, there you go. Uh, tune in to the uh, YouTube video, and, which I'll probably get out tomorrow. At some and point. that's it. And I can tell you now, people were red hot. I had, I can't remember who it was. I had a lot of messages telling me what it was, but I had one person who said, I've just gone to watch the video and it's only the the audio. It's not, I can't see the video. They were very, they were oh, red hot. They, they were all over. They were on it the next day. And so then they went back and re-watched once, once it was released and, he, and messaged me and said, I can't quite tell you, but I think it's this, but I'm going to tell you this is the shaft type that's in there. So they were, they were all over it. But we've Bla got... Blakey oh. taught me, Blakey's taught me everything he knows about breaking the YouTube algorithm. You know, he's that's a, it. He's a Get the comments in. 800 subscribers to 14,000 in about 16 days. <laughs> um, but thank you for the extra subscribers too. We're now cracked over mid-130s, so wow. Uh, 150s when I start giving away cheese prizes. Cheese. Cheese. So, Imagine uh, what will happen if I put a few biscuits up. Wow. Yep. 
cheese, peak cheese week. You've ain't seen nothing like Christmas peak cheese week until we get to the 150 mark. There's going to be hey, cheese. we saw what happened with the biscuit wars in November. Fromage. And, and anyone who's entered last week, you can re-enter. The numbers are, are getting higher and higher, and I'm about two days delayed from loading up the spreadsheet to track everything and everybody's usernames. And some people have got different usernames on YouTube as they do on Instagram, as they do on Twitter. So, yeah, but they're starting to stack up, but there's still a solid chance to win if you do get involved. If you are worried that we haven't got your entry uh, under your different usernames um, properly categorized, enter again, put both names in, and uh, then Magic Mike cannot get the admin yep. wrong. That's why he's on the big bucks. He is admin manager of the tournaments and competitions. Um, competition, sorry, uh, Blakey. Um, you're the administration manager for tournaments and competitions in the real world. Uh, good luck this weekend in uh, Wahin, Wahin in uh, Thailand. Um, looks like a great course. It comes with. Uh, it's one of those resort uh, Thai resort courses. You know, um, residential property, hotel. Um, you can live there if you want. Um, there's probably a few Australian residents up there. So it looks, is it as good as it looks in the pictures that you've been posting? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very much as exactly how you said it. it's a resort course. It's, I wouldn't call it uh, uh, a championship course. And the only reason I say that, I mean, it's a fantastic course, but it uh, doesn't punish you everywhere. Um, you know, it's a resort style, so you can miss it in a fair few spots. The fairways are really hard and fast this week. The greens are super soft. Um, there is a lot of water. I think 14 holes at least have water on them. Um, so, but you can manage to get away from that. It's more for the look than anything else. Scores, I'm going to go with, you know, Chan won with minus 23 and Royals last week. I would say that this course will be something similar. At the moment, the greens are running around 10 and a half, hoping, we're really hoping they get up to 11 uh, tomorrow at least. Um, it's not going to be that windy. So, you know, we could get them up to 11, 11 and a half possibly. Um, you know, there is, a, there is a couple of pin positions that we can have even with 12. So, hey, if, if they're playing on the East Course, if they're playing on the East Course and there's that hole, I'm looking at it right now, where it's got like some volcanic rock outcrops a little bit to the left. Can you get the pin front left a little bit closer to those rock outcrops? Because I want to see some balls zinging off that thing. I can't. Uh, it, there's only 27 holes at this course. So i'm i'm assuming because it's like 18 holes at the site is is there and then you've got nine um just past the cannabis farm so uh i can't think is that is that six, 16 i don't know what hole it is all i'm doing is i'm looking i'm actually on the site and has i've clicked on east and it looks like this hole looks like it could be like a par four that sort of goes over a plateau down to like a bit of a kidney, not, not so much a kidney-shaped green, almost like a peanut-shaped green. And to the left of the green is like these two monster rocks. Boulders, we'll call them. They're not rocks, they're boulders. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's either 12 or 16, I, I yeah. believe. Front, and, front left pin, please. Four um, days. I mean, they're only flicking in a wedge, so they're going to be missing that pretty oh, easily. Back but, left, so they've got to try and hit it over it, maybe cut the fairway in a little bit. 
the, uh, the all the par fives will be gettable in two, so we'll probably have some weights around those holes. Um, par threes are all around maximum six iron, but more like seven and nine iron. Um, more importantly, Blakey, who's on the range striping it? That's, I'm looking at the odds. I want to know. I want some inside gossip. Uh, I know, I'm assuming you're not allowed to give me a tip, but you could tell me who's hitting it, okay? I would, mate. I would give you tips if I had any clue. But uh, uh, you could actually—I'd be more impressed just to hear you reel off some of those names. Cause yeah, I'd... exactly. Spot on. <laughs> Spot on. No chance there. Um, Ross knows that I'm a bit of a, you know, tongue twister when it comes to even Ross Flanagan. So, um, <laughs> just a struggle with that kind of thing. I've never been the linguistic. Uh, expert, uh, but you know, I'd say this. All I can say is my prediction would be round minus twenty, round minus twenty-one. So, you know, someone who's good with a wedge, um, good with the flat stick, uh, and they'll will get it done. Uh, say good day to Wade Ormsby when you catch up with him out there. Hopefully, uh, no, in not a rule infractions scenario or imbroglio. Um, that's one of David's favourite words from the uh, Golf Rules Questions podcast, Imbroglio. Uh, so I say good day to Wade. I, I did see you. I saw him yesterday, said hello. So um, we had a chat, you know. I love Wade. He's, he's a great guy. Um, yeah, really friendly guy. So it's good. Uh, Scott Hend. Um, say good day to Scott Hend. Uh, never met him. Not, um, not as friendly, but, no, uh, no. you know, a nice, <laughs> nice enough bloke. Uh, any other Aussies up there? Any other? Aussies? Yeah, yep. Yeah. We've, uh, um, we've got Will Heffernan, Will Heffernan. Travis Smythe. Yep. Um, ben Eccles is up there, I think. Benny. Andrew, Andrew Dote. Andrew Dot. yep. Andrew, Andrew Stop. I mean, Andrew Dote. And uh, a couple and of Kiwis as well. Daniel Jeremiah. And uh, no, that's not how you spell his last name. Jeremiah, um, yeah. And Ben Campbell. Was that, is that right? Because it, He's got a his cousin or niece or whatever. She was she was April. Um, she was pretty good at netball back in the day for the Silver Ferns. There's a lot. There's uh, actually lots of Aussies and um yeah, lots of Aussies and Kiwis. Uh, Kevin, I don't yeah. know Kevin Kevin Wan Wan you Wan um, Aussie. No, I Corey, don't. I don't know him. Either. Corey Crawford, Ben Eccles, yep. Scott Corey Strange. Crawford, uh, he was a Queensland State team player he's first off tomorrow morning actually i'm uh i forgot to tell everyone i'm actually in my hotel room now not not uh hanging out with these two lovely ladies um ewoks i was calling them but um i'm actually uh, day five pcr test uh, isolation so it's it's quite funny i arrived on saturday which was the 26th had to get my day one pcr test um test and go thing so i had to go to the hotel and uh isolate until the results came through which was the next day you know about 12 hours or something like that 13 hours but then you're allowed to go out for day two three and four and even half of you know the morning of day five and then i had to come back to the hotel wearing a mask obviously but hanging out with everyone um and had to get my day five PCR test. So I've got that. And now I'm, I have to isolate in the hotel until I get my result. And I'm hoping, I know everyone else will be catching the five o'clock bus from my team, um, but I won't be able to catch the bus until I get my PCR negative result. Uh, 
So, you know, I might be hanging out in the pool until 11 in the afternoon, uh, 11 in the morning, but um, hopefully I can get that PCR test around six in the morning, get on the 6.30, 7 o'clock bus and uh, get out to the pool. Interesting way of handling it. So PCR out into the open and then come back and do another PCR. Um, I'll tell you another thing. Sorry, Roscoe. Um, they changed it as of yesterday. So as of March 1, you only had to do the day one PCR test. They've got rid of the day five. So if I'd actually turned up yesterday, I would have only had to do the day one isolation. Uh, and I would have probably spent... If they got New South Wales government running it. Oh, they've... Uh, um, Blakey, stand up and show us your T-shirt. We talked about your podcast. Um, if you do want to listen to some comedy gold, some of our best, um, go back and listen to the early episodes of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Uh, the reason why Blakey called himself out as a non-linguist is the first ever episode, um, we got a, a listener right in and just pick apart everything, every word that we got grammatically incorrect, every sentence, every full stop that was in the wrong place. Um in true gruels fashion, um, Blakey had a, a massive follower, her called Iva, and um, we subsequently named uh, an award for each other called the Ivers. Uh, when Blakey got a word wrong, he was anointed an Iva, and I think at the last time I was on the podcast, Blakey was like 757 Ivers to three. Um, so, yeah, that's we used to have a lot of fun with Blake, Blakey's and mine's linguistic well, especially, especially with uh, Rafa Kabira. Bello. This, this, um, I tell you what, this fellow wrote every European, European-based European tour player's name with uh, a phonetic. He wrote the spelling out and then put the phonetic way to say it after it. it said Rafa Cabrera Bayo, and and you know he he spelt it out phonetically. Um, such was his desire to help us along our way. As, wow. As, yeah, it was great. <laughs> so cool. we we subsequently named it the Ivers. It's quite good. I've got one of the um, team members here who's from the Philippines, and obviously the Philippines has a lot of Spanish names. So when I said his last name, I was like, ah, oh, Arabello. And he's like, no, my name's Arabello. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it's Spanish. He's like, no, it's Filipino. <laughs> I was like, that's the country that I live in. <laughs> they, they, say the, uh, they say the Spanish... The Spanish names, uh, the American way, works a lot better. Yeah, we just got to put an O on the end of everything. Like he's yeah. got a T-shirt on which you can buy every on his website. It's the 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 Healing Coup, the Golf Rules Coup, and the Golf Rules Roo. Um, so Blakey's the Roo, and I'm the Coup. Um, you can buy those over at Blakey's website. Uh, Thank you, you uh, Rusko. And I actually, um, you know, this sounds like the uh, promote Blakey's uh, stuff. I actually just started a golf club too, the uh, the Wombat Hills Golf Club. It's a social club where you can get a handicap for 149 bucks. So if you're feeling like uh, you want to get a handicap, shout out. Is it? Do you cover Queensland? Does it do Queensland handicaps? It even covers Tasmania. Okay. Well, there you go, Rocket. You 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 can get a wombat gully hand, hand wombat. What is it? Wombat Hills Golf Club. Wombat Hills Golf Club. Where, are you going to have a course, or it's just a just a social club? No, it's a, just. A, just a social handicap. You can hand in conforming social scores. That means you have to play by the rules of golf. Oh, Patrick Reed can't can't apply then. You know, I was thinking it was like Patrick Reed was a spirit animal being named after a wombat that burrows into everything. You know, if it's like you know, you know conforming conforming scorecards, he's been ruled out. He's definitely not your spirit animal for that club, is he? Uh, I thought he, you. Were- 
more meaning is more rotund than uh... I'm just going to have to warn everyone and as much as I admire and congratulate you on your spirit of growing the game by you know giving people another opportunity to get a handicap uh, and be able to play in competitions if they're not a member of a, a proper golf club that's great um, it does come with a word of warning if you get down to the sort of Blakey's level and you might know him personally and you get one of your handicaps be warned that he is going <laughs> to he is he is going to monitor your handicap on a daily basis, and when he gets like point one below you, you're going to get bombarded with a <laughs> your shit, you know, golfer messages um, for 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 a month, and he's going to remind you every time you do or don't submit a card because he'll follow you on Instagram and he'll watch when you're playing golf, and he, and you go, oh, how was golf today? Did you submit a card? Um, so just, just be aware, if you are on Blakey's team, um, he is going to ghost your handicap for you and remind you when, when you're a shit golfer. Absolutely that love not, that. That is not true. What is true, Russ, is that you and I, in my mind, were having a competition as to who could get their handicap the lowest by 31 December 2021. And uh, me not playing... And you playing a couple of times meant that your handicap went out and mine didn't. So I won. No. Oh, well. um, uh, how many how many drivers did you win last year? Uh, one, actually. Yeah. One that was bequeathed to you by me from the one That's that I won. Exactly That's right. exactly right. Because drive. we both know, Ross, that if I was in the same tournament, I would have won the longest drive. AKA, let's, uh, let's talk about our last time we went to, um, uh, you know, down on the peninsula. What? You, you you caught one off the top of the face and got me by five yards. Oh, big deal. Um, anyway, hey, uh, hey, does anyone know anything about Kenya? Magical Kenya. Magical Kenya? I uh, know. It's, it's the Magical Kenya Open. That's yeah. all I know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a few playing over there. Uh, Rockets, mate. Um, who can't part is there. Um, Detri. Um no, it's not, it's a pretty lean field. It's the it's the first tournament back on the Euro Tour or the DP World Tour, I should say. Um, Dean Burmester, Ardiano, Adrian Maronk, Justin Harding, Thomas Detry, Johannes Fiam, and Marcus Armitage. Um, they're the the headlining acts for the week. But no, don't know anything other than that. I know they had a couple of weeks off with some cancelled tournaments, and this is the first one back. Uh, Top Scott, we're going with. Um, I'm going with Young Howie from Peebles Golf Club. I'm going to go with Howie as the Top Scott. There you go. I've been a while since the top. We've had a Top Scott. Going to write a letter to Scott Jameson because I'll be very disappointed you didn't take him. Ah well. Hopefully Scott Jameson did his job on the football park tonight against uh, Perth Glory. Um, I should have been there, but anyway, we're here. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd love to go and referee in Kenya. That would be awesome. Oh, there's your pitch. Um, uh, Blakey, uh, it was available for your RNA European Tour, uh, DP World Tour. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Rocket. Oh, last thing. The band. The, the band is going to be together. That's it. Yes. Countdown is on. <laughs> it's like it's like spot the Spice Girls and and Posh Spice has agreed to appear in the one-off it's concert. Four Rocket. weeks. Is returning to his home country of Tasmania. I'm not. I'm, I'm Mel B. I'm not. I'm not posh spice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're scary spice. <laughs> Rocket. Scary up the tea. <laughs> who, who are you, by? Uh, Rocket is returning Hi. to his homeland of Tasmania for a once-off two-day guest appearance at the Barnbugle Dunes. 
Uh, tickets on sale uh, via the website if you want to get on board um, to come and watch Rocket play. Uh, the band will be back together. It'll be the My Love of Golf on tour, the first ever time on tour playing together. Um, me, you, and you, and um, the marketing manager, uh, Nick from uh, Hot Glue. Doc Smith. Uh, yeah, Doc Smith. So, um, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Four weeks today. This time, this time in four weeks, we'll be hopefully, well, we'll definitely be drunk. It's 11, 10 past 11. <laughs> but three of us we'll, will be. Yeah, well, Ross can drive. But we, we, Ross will have taken some amazing photos of Boogle Run and we'll all just be uh, easing into the night before the uh, 7 a.m. tea time at, I think it's Lost Farm on day one. No, it's June's. I don't don't care either way. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to so be fun. Can't wait to see the Rocket Man down there. Uh, James, yeah, Roscoe. Yep. Um, now there is no zero percent alcohol beer in Thailand, but there definitely was zero percent alcohol beer in Saudi, and I'd uh, highly recommend you get around it. I'm I'm on it. Love it. You get the taste. You don't get the uh, the buzz. You don't get the headache the next morning. Um, you know, you might not be much of a beer drinker, but uh, I'm I'm jumping on board. I love it. Yeah, no, um, in fairness, uh, Mike shouted me one last time we were at Bumboogle a year Bumboogle, ago. Bumboogle, yeah. 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 yeah we um, had a couple of nice. I thought you said they were, they were all right. Yeah, I thought it tasted all right. It was like the first taste of beer I'd had since I'd turned 40, so it was almost 10 years. Um, I still sort of don't see the point. You know, for me, like alcohol, I just gave it up. And anyway, boring, but... Um, it's like calling yeah. almond milk milk. <laughs> well, I just don't... I'd rather just have a Coke Zero and, you know, Get that but anyway, whatever. Uh, but uh, thanks, Blake. Yeah, I appreciate your um uh, feedback on the alcohol free beer. Um, there's probably a few good ones out. Do you know there. why it's called Coke Zero? Mm, here we go because there's zero reason why you would buy it. It's terrible, <laughs> it's just garbage. It is garbage. There's more, there's more chemicals than that in a death than a Dow plant. Uh, well, I should retract any reference to uh brands, uh, sugar free beverage. Oh, oh, maybe I'll just stick the water now. Uh, if Taylor made made one, I'd shill it. <laughs> oh dear. Um, thanks, gents. Uh, Blakey, good luck this weekend up there at uh, in Thailand. Uh, good luck with uh, furthering your um, nest of uh, future golf tournaments and paying to uh, do this, the work that you love. I wish you do very well, providing a great service through the Golf Rules questions, but also uh, to now to the Asian Tour, Asian Tour Ambassador. Um, officially anoint you after today's induction. Uh, even despite a few little appropriate references, uh, inappropriate references at the start, um, you are now anointed as Asian Tour Ambassador for the My Love of Golf team. Do you accept? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm still an independent contractor, but thank you. Yeah, okay. But, <laughs> well, you, you, do, not... can, do we need to bring him down to Barnboogle? So, Slugger Blake? It's like a bl- you're not a contractor here unless you're getting paid, and you ain't getting paid. So there you go. I'd be uh, if I would go to Barn Burgle, I'd be uh, Baby Spice. <laughs> Mike, thank you. Uh, when I get the Thanks, memory guys. card, when I get the memory card back, uh, all of your secret work in the project uh, that you've been working on this Skunk Works, my love of golf project, will be revealed. Uh, everyone, until next time. Thanks for joining us for an hour and twenty minutes worth of uh, four grown men behaving averagely. Uh, until until next week uh, we'll see you then thanks for listening thanks <laughs>